Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we are once again joined by Amy Cloughley. And today we are digging into the nitty gritty of the process of investing, specifically talking about due diligence in this one. So Amy, again, thanks for joining us on the show. And within this episode, we're going to cover the questions that investors often have. We're going to talk about the concerns they have and then the things that we often see go wrong within this due diligence process. And I know that Amy is an expert at this, having run about 400 investors through this due diligence process. So she knows the ins and outs and what people are thinking. So Amy, why don't you start by walking us through what are the questions most investors have when they're going through a due diligence process, especially if they're first time investors? So I get a lot of questions regarding extensions. Um, when a client signs up to a sale and purchase, um, they usually sign up for 10 working days. Um, a lot of clients get concerned that might not be enough time to arrange their finance, um, to travel down and do a site visit. So they like just to know that there's a little bit of leeway if they need an extension on that property. Can you give us an example of, of when you've, I think even today we've had some extensions that you've been requesting. How does that actually work? What's the process? So Ed, we get it quite frequently. I'd contact the client's solicitor and get them to contact the vendor's solicitor. They will request the extension from there. So we usually get about two to five working days, just depending on what the client needs that extension for. Sometimes for finance, you're looking around about five. And actually, that's an interesting point that Amy takes care of this for anyone that we're dealing with, any investors that we're working with, because in a normal situation where you're dealing with a real estate agent, normally you would go to your lawyer, then you might not necessarily get granted the extension. So I know where there's a lot of heat in a market. So for example, somewhere like Wellington, where they're often wanting unconditional offers in the first instance. It could be that there's a backup offer on a property, so you're not going to necessarily be granted that extension, or the vendor might just say simply say no. They might have had someone sniffing around at a higher price, and actually, a property that I was trying to buy recently, exactly this happened. I asked for another, I asked for a 24-hour extension, and they said no. In the instance where Amy's dealing with it, not only will she speak to the the investor's solicitor to to get the the legal side of it done, but we'll often let the vendor know that we expect that that extension be granted. So I don't think there'd ever be a time that we were told no on extensions, Amy, not that I can think of. No, that's right. We work with the developers. Um, We let them know the reasoning behind the client wanting that extension um, just to guarantee that getting approved for the client. And actually, we had one that wasn't finance-related, the extension. What was that for? Yes, that's right. Um, I've had clients wanting to come down for a site visit. A lot of clients can't come during the week to work, so they'll come down the following weekend. So we'll just get extended until potentially the next Monday or Tuesday. But then I know with site visits as well, not everybody wants one. You know, they don't necessarily want to inspect a, a show home or a plot of land before they go unconditional. Yeah, that's right. I've had um, a lot of clients not wanting to come down because at this stage it is really just um, a plot of grass. For them, they may be comfortable just receiving photos. I've done a video tour for them. And so that was a completed one that one of our existing clients had bought, I think, from memory? Yes, that's right, yeah. out in Prebleton and Christchurch yeah, right. there. So I just went to the property for them. I showed them exterior and did a walkthrough for them so they knew what they yeah. were purchasing without having to fly down. I think that was one of my clients and they're actually having a look at that property when they're in Christchurch 
in the up and coming months, but they, they are existing investors, they've worked with us before. And certainly I think the site visits are maybe not as important for investors who have done this before because they understand that it really is just about the numbers. But certainly for new investors, I think site visits are good, a good part of that sleep test. Am I going to be able to sleep at night owning this property? And whether or not it's a plot of land or uh, partway through construction or, or in a lot of cases finish as well, having a site visit might be part of that sleep test. That's right. I have a lot of investors that come down following the site visit. They feel a lot more comfortable just going out to that plot of land to get an idea of the atmosphere out there, yes. um, how noisy it is, what's surrounding it. They feel a lot better once they've gone to another completed build from the developer. Even if it's not in the same area, you see the yes. fixtures and fittings, you build a relationship with the developer and you trust them. And so actually, that's a really interesting point. So one of the big things that we've probably changed in the last couple of years is getting the developers wherever possible to meet with a client uh, during in that due diligence phase so regardless of where it is in the country Auckland Wellington Christchurch Tauranga Hamilton trying to get that developer to come out and meet the client so they can actually get a cut of the jib so to speak and actually get an idea of who's actually going to be producing this investment property I think that makes a big difference in the client's comfort and similarly, Amy, talk to us about some of the concerns that investors have uh, when they're going through this due diligence period. What do they What do they sometimes worry about? So I've had investors concerned about whether three or four bedroom properties matter. We have spoken a lot of times to the property manager team. So they don't have any trouble renting three or four bedrooms. It's a matter of what the tenant is after. It's not so much about the size of the kitchen. It's rather the number of the bedrooms um, for the number of children that they have. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And certainly investors that we work with, I often notice that they'll apply what they live in to the property they're looking at investing in. And so, for example, you deal with someone who might have a 230 square metre four bedroom house or five bedroom house it's probably going to be fairly spacious and then when they're looking at a four bedroom 165 square meter house which is completely sufficient for an investment they consider it quite small then if you deal with the contrary where you deal with someone who's maybe living in a 133 bedroom square house uh, they look at the investment and think we'd live here and so you've just got to take away any of that emotion when you are doing due diligence and and, and consider what makes a good investment which is which is what we try and achieve by by uh, properties that we recommend. That's right. I've got a lot of investors that come down. So they look at these bedrooms and they think, can I actually fit a double bed in here? Um, reality is we always ensure that you can fit a queen bed in there. So that makes it suitable for any type of tenant. And Amy as well, talk to us about some of the things that can go wrong within a due diligence period. You've run so many of these. Surely surely it's not all sunshine and daisies. That's right. We do have some slip up sometimes. Um, we have some great professionals, um, but they get busy too. We've had times where they can miss an email coming through requesting an extension or they miss just a client having some queries. So often I'll have investors coming to me and then they'll have a bunch of questions. I will then reach out to their solicitor just to follow this list up and ensure that they're getting back in a timely manner. Yeah, so it could be a solicitor, a property manager, a, a mortgage broker who's missed something within their process. And it's really important for anybody investing that if you don't have an Amy yeah. or somebody project managing the due diligence process for you, that you're really diligent about following up your professionals, your mortgage broker, that they're getting your finance approved, that your solicitors requested the title and the limb and reviewing that on your behalf. Because if they miss your email or aren't doing something and you're in a really hot market like Andrew just described before, like in Wellington, then you might require an extension and you might not actually be granted it and you might miss out on the property that you actually did want to purchase. 
because you'd forgotten to follow up your professionals because you forgot that they hadn't got back to you about X, Y, Z things. So that's something really important to be quite diligent about. Yeah, and it's fair to say that in DD, you've got a lot of moving parts. That's right. Without each of these pieces of the puzzle, if everyone's not updated on the progress of that investor, then we can have everything fall apart. And I know one of the things that investors often miss when going through this due diligence process on a standard property is is not seeing a property manager before they purchase a property. Many investors might go in and find a property. They think it looks quite good, purchase it, and then they go and see a property manager. I mean, why is it quite important that you see a property manager through the due diligence process? So I've had a lot of investors query the need to see a property manager under DD. I find that once they've met with a property manager, they feel a lot more confident so they can get the property manager's perspective on a certain area, the type of tenants that the property manager expects, and then also the comparative rents based on their current portfolio. So checking rents and checking maybe vacancy rates and that area, their experience, all those kind of things, I think is really, really important. And and like Amy says, the type of tenant that it's going to be suitable for, um, because also maybe the area doesn't lend itself to young professionals, but that was who you were expecting to rent it out to. There was a case where one of the developers that we deal with uh, had difficulties selling some properties which were clearly built for professionals, but in an area that was more suited to families, and they really struggled to sell those. So knowing these kind of things is really important. And, and again, just to make sure sure that the property manager and the numbers that you've got are in alignment, both from a rent perspective and also from a fees perspective. And Amy, lastly, I know one of the things that's pushing DD or due diligence over time at the moment is people are waiting to get their valuation until their mortgage is approved. Do you just want to walk us through why that's the case at the moment and that effect that it has on the due diligence process? So at the moment, banks are taking a lot longer to process everything. So we're just requiring an extra, could be five days at the end of the due diligence process just to arrange that valuation to be carried out. Now, it's probably one of those things that uh, we're in a unique situation at the moment where banks are being incredibly conservative and so they might say no to a slam dunk deal and so that's where clients probably hold off getting that valuation to last because it is going to cost them. Most of the other steps in due diligence can be done at a relatively low cost or no cost at all but the valuation is one of those things once you pay for it that you've paid for it there's no there's no going back uh, even if the valuation doesn't come in at the number that you want. Fantastic well let's ramp it up there but please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the show it really does help us get the message out to more people and hey if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I why not check out our no money worries email course this is where we've put together our top nine lessons about property investment and we've even sent you some homework so you can think about well how have I invested in the past and how might that need to change in the future I'm going to link to that in the show notes or just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash no money worries. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 